Um, so yeah, like Josh said, my name is Shana. Uh, I'm one of the youth pastors here and I'm interning in youth, obviously. Uh, so for me, uh, I'm really passionate about raising big people. I'm really passionate about speaking into people's lives and really raising them up. Uh, so the message I'm about to preach is really a part of that. Um, it's about uh, your thought life because big people think big. So that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about. Um, so people who are taking notes, um, I title this message, The Dwelling Place of Your Mind. Uh, for me, I've gone on a bit of a journey for the last few years that have really identified that my thought life has a confounding impact on how I live and how I view my situation. I really identified that when I'm struggling, I'm really stressed and I'm only just surviving, uh, that, you know, my circumstances don't quite match up to the level of stress that I'm actually feeling, but actually it's my thought life, like what I'm dwelling on is really impacting on my life. So, when we get started... Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, talks about the importance of having a firm foundation in the right things, that we don't move or crumble in the weight of our circumstances, but actually live through that and thrive, that we are to listen to Jesus' preaching and teaching and follow them because they form the foundation of our ability to thrive in our everyday So I really believe that by identifying and shifting your dwelling place of your mind is a really powerful tool and is a game changer for living a transformed life, a life of abundance, a life of joy, and a life living above our circumstances. And uh, you can't talk about the renewing of your mind without talking about Romans 12 verse 2, which says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve God's perfect will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God is always good. Amen. If we renew our mind to that, that he is good, uh, we begin to understand what his will for us is, his will that is always, always for us. So do you know what his good and pleasing will for you is? If you don't, you won't expect anything from him. You won't expect him to turn up in your day or transform your life. But by shifting your mind, by shifting the dwelling place of your mind to the knowing that you were found in him, that recognizing God's will, which is good and pleasing for you. You step into the expectation of needing, knowing, and wanting him to turn up. So if we just read that again, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word transformed is actually the same word transfigured, which means to be transformed into something more beautiful or elaborate. So the verse is actually saying that when we renew our mind with God's perfect and good will, 
that we lead a transformed life. We don't, uh, that is actually more beautiful and elaborate than what we already live. And I don't know about you, but I'm awful living like a more beautiful and elaborate life. So by renewing your mind and having the mind of Christ is a foundational tool that establishes us on God's will. We all lead different lives, uh, and no matter what you do with your days, we all encounter anxiety, stress, fear, worry, or disappointment for a number of different reasons at a number of different times. But those shouldn't be the game changers for us, that we should live above those things and actually thrive. But how many of us actually know that your words are partnered with your thoughts. I've really come to realize our words underline our beliefs, which are founded in our thoughts. That the words that we speak over ourselves are part of our thoughts that we have. So if you don't know what you're thinking, begin to look at what words you speak over yourself, over your hopes, and over your dreams. Because you can't utter a word without it already being a thought. So for me, like I said, I've been on a real journey of discovering that your thought life is really important. So uh, as a teenager, I really struggled to like, let alone love what I looked like. I never felt like I was beautiful. I never felt that I fit in. And I never felt that I was good enough. And I really let that define a massive area of my life for many years. I really believed and looked at everything that I did, all my circumstances, with those at the forefront of my mind. That whenever I stepped into a room, whether it was church, youth group, a social gathering, friend's birthday party, that I'd feel anxious about what I looked like. Until one day God spoke to me and he moved in a really powerful way. Um, that he realigned my thought life with the truth of a situation. That he showed me who I was in him and who he said I was. And since that day, I've come to understand that whatever you don't manage, you become enslaved to. That I was so enslaved to my thoughts that I couldn't live and I couldn't see past my thoughts of not being good enough or not being beautiful. I was dominated by fear and anxiety. But God gave me the re- that revelation that what you think of, what you dwell on, you cultivate. And what you cultivate, you dominate. But you know, actually, some of the hardest times and the easiest times to cultivate the mindset that God is good is at the end of the day. You know, when you're lying in bed, you finally put your phone away, and you begin to process your day, and actually start to think about, you know, your day at work or your day at study, the time a customer shouted at you, or maybe you shouted at them the times when you didn't get what you needed to get done and actually begin to process what the next day is going to look like about all the the backtracking that you've got to do. You begin to dwell and renew your mind on those things. 
you eventually end up going to sleep or falling asleep, depends on the type of person you are, um, with a touch of stress, touch of anxiety, and touch of worry about the next day. You know, you end up waking up in the day, in the in the morning, and you're like, I'm still tired, and I'm a little bit over the day already. And we always wonder why that is. But you know, in those moments before you fell asleep, you renewed your mind on your stress and those anxieties, and those actually began to dominate your situation. But that doesn't have to be the case. Because we can choose our thoughts and we can think on purpose in every situation. We can realign how we see our situation and experience our lives. Not with our, our thoughts or our will, but actually with God's goodness. So I just want to read a passage. This is one of my favorite verses or favorite stories, I should say. Um, about uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which I'm sure some of you will know. So this is found in Daniel 3. And if you have a Bible or a phone, uh, I encourage you to uh, look there. So I'm just going to summarize it a bit because it's a bit of a long passage. Um, But uh, at the time, uh, a king, King Nebuchadnezzar, made a gold statue of himself and issued a decree that said that every person when music sounded uh, that they were to worship this but there was these three three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who worked for the king and oversaw the affairs of Babylon um, uh, but then some of the other king's advisors came to the king and was like hey king there's these three guys who, you know, don't worship your God and they're not going to worship uh, your gold statue. What's up with that? So the king uh, called them in and was like, hey, you got to explain yourself. So uh, we pick up at verse 16, which said, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. They will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you've set up. That's a pretty ballsy uh, thing to say in front of a king. Um, Then... The king Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers to tie the men up and throw them into the furnace. So these men wearing all their clothes were bound and thrown into the furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the men who took Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego died on their way. So these three men, firmly tied, fell in. So the verse just carries on to say that uh, essentially the king was watching the furnace and there actually were four people uh, in the furnace instead of three. And what they appeared to be walking around happily. That the king eventually called them out of the furnace and saw that they were unharmed and said... Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servant. 
They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that people of all nation and language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their house be turned into a pile of rubble, for no other God can save this way. So these were three men who stepped into courage and into faith. Uh, and I don't know about you, but if I was about to be pretty much cremated, I'd be pretty damn terrified. Uh, and I'm not sure that my thoughts would would be aligned with uh, with what theirs probably was. But they had a heavenly mindset. They wouldn't. That wouldn't have just been built in a day or in that moment. They would have meditated on and thought about the fact that God provides, that He protects, and He always comes through, which ultimately led to them. The point of them being fearless about about death. So again, I say, the the times that that you think in your quiet moments and you daydream actually are important because they build into something. Like I said previously, your words have weight. You're not able to usher a word that you haven't already thought. And for these men um, who laid the foundations before that moment really believed what they said. And in verse 17 they said, If we're thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. They believed that and they really thought about that before that moment. They made a conscious decision to shift their mind to that and to dwell in that moment. We too can make a conscious decision, a choice, to shift our mind, our thoughts to courage, to the mind of Christ, to a place that is found in God, a mind's dwelling place which ultimately led to promotion and to thriving. So I really hope that none of you uh, have to end up in a burning furnace. But I do really hope that you guys begin to identify that what you build in your moments of thoughts, your daydreaming, and you realize that that actually is building and influencing the lens that you live by. So the times of challenge, the times of stress, the times where you don't know what to do anymore, that you can dominate not those things, not those thoughts, but actually the opposite of God's goodness. So he always comes through. That actually when we cultivate a mindset of abundance, we experience the wealth of heaven. Our days shift from stress, from regret, from difficulties, to actually heaven's reality for a moment. That our day is and will be good. That you allow your mind to be renewed and dwell in in a place that is so found in and with God's goodness. But this is all good and well, but um, like how? How do we actually live in that moment and how will we build to actually being able to be fearless and stepping into a furnace? Uh, so this is what I call Shana's three-step guide to uh, shifting your dwelling place of your mind. First up is awareness. Uh, we have to become aware of actually what you're thinking and what your triggers are that lead to that thinking. 
Because the minute we're aware of something, it's changeable. Is it maybe social media or is it a person you're hanging out with that actually triggers you into thinking your negative thoughts or stress increases? We all have an opportunity to intentionally shift our thinking from something by being aware of it. Secondly, is the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 in the NIV says, Who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So set your mind and keep them on what is above. So what does it look like for you to set your mind on the positive and on knowing what Jesus did, that he always is good and comes through? So for me in the morning when I, when I wake up and sometimes when I go to bed as well, I always say, Lord, I bind my mind to the mind of Christ. But hey, like what actually does that mean? So if you can kind of picture like a mom with a baby, you know how sometimes like they put them on their chest and then they like wrap stuff around them. So they're literally connected. They're bound. The baby actually hears the mom's heartbeat and hears her breathing and they actually become in sync where they, uh, their breath and their heartbeat become connected. That's literally what I think of when I say by my mind to the mind of Christ, where my mind actually becomes so in sync with God's thoughts, his desires and his purposes for my life. That I begin to renew my mind by having the mind of Christ. Instead of focusing on the impossible uh, and my fear, actually there becomes a partnership with heaven, where the lines between the supernatural and the natural become so blurred. But hey, it's actually not about denying those thoughts that you have and those feelings. Because religion always denies denies us of our true thought. But Christianity, love, always leads us into finding our true identity despite our thoughts and our circumstances. And finally, three, uh, is dwelling, shifting where you let your mind sit. So do you know that dwelling or dwell actually means to live in or linger in a specific place? So what would happen if you had to dwell in the place of knowing whose you are, that Christ is in us and that we are in him, that the possible, that the impossible is possible, that we are joyful, that we are peaceful people, that we will have a good day, that we are beautiful and we are enough. So I have a real desire uh, to truly experience life like Jesus, where I can and do walk on water, that every prayer for healing, no matter where I am, is, um, is done and it's answered, that heaven invades my circumstances so much wherever I walk, whatever I walk into, that the people around me actually can't not stop and question who is this Jesus and seek that. That is my dream, and I believe that will happen because I intentionally choose to let my mind dwell in those places. 
I always like to thank, you know, whether I'm in New World, Countdown, The Warehouse, what would it look like for God to move and invade this situation? Because I'd rather let that define my situation and my moments than I would anything else. So uh, I actually tried this for three months last year during one of my placements. Uh, I'm a speech and language therapist. Um, but while as a student, I decided to do those three things, buy my mind to the mind of Christ, have my awareness, um, and let my mind dwell in uh, the impossible of God, in, of the impossible being possible of Jesus invading my situation. Um, so you know what, uh, you know what happened? Every single day for three months, I saw God move. I got to pray for people, for healing, people who um, were so desperate for love, were so desperate for hope, that as the moms cried on my shoulder about the struggles of being a mom and of being so hopeless, that they finally encountered hope. But you know where it all started? It all, the defining moment was deciding to change my thoughts to having the thoughts the same as Christ and allow my mind to dwell in that. But I'm not expert in these and it's not always easy. Uh, there are times when shifting my mindset is actually really hard um, and I struggle to even want to. But actually taking that time to intentionally do it, does it do it, sorry, um, is actually a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful moment that you can have with Jesus. So I leave you with this. We all have a choice. We can shift to shift, change and realign our thoughts. We are wired for love, but we actually learn fear. We learn and we live in it too often. But joy, courage and abundance is not a season, but it's a way of living. And we actually miss out on a whole lifestyle unless we allow our mind to dwell in the right places. To shift your thoughts to have the mind of Christ. And to have the mind of Christ is to live in and with hope. It's a choice to choose to be intentional with our thoughts, with our dwelling place of our mind. So I say, so I leave it with you. Where do you choose to let your mind dwell? Where do you choose, what do you choose to let define your days?